0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. I am Cammie Black. Um, you're getting you're getting not one, but two podcasts this week. Um, this first one we're doing tonight is our review of the Lions' second test against the Springboks. That's all we're talking about tonight, so get involved in the comments um, and we'll pick up some of the best ones. We're doing a second one later in the week, which is going to be our preview of the third test, but we'll also uh, have a review of the first week of the uh Four Sox super six as well because there is some there is some other rugby going on which is refreshing for reasons that we'll no doubt get into uh this week on the podcast uh joining me to um wade through um the utter mess that is lions rugby this week we have craig manson good evening craig
1: good evening how are we doing
0: and johnny McGinty. good evening johnny
2: hello how's it going
0: it's, I'm very good. I'm not. I'm more sober than I was last week. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to help. I can't decide if that's going to help or not. <laughs> we'll see. Um, before um, we get started, there's a bit of news. Uh, Lions, Lionsy related <clears throat> news. Um, in that this afternoon or this evening, um, World Rugby have, after over a week, have decided to that they're going to investigate Razzy Rasmus. But but not only that, Johnny. They, they've given they've given the lions a slap over the wrist as
2: well. Yeah, for, for have as far as I can tell, all they did was there was a leaked story that Gatland might not have been that happy that Maria Shonka was the TMO. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. And, and right. they've they've basically like they've gone the the fool Donald Trump good and bad people on both sides route, and ba- <laughs> and basically equated. Rassi's hour-long rambling nonsense to someone saying that Gatland might have not been happy with the South African TMO, which is a bit of a stretch. But
1: yeah,
0: I guess it's a it's a shot across the bows, isn't it, Craig? In the if you if you, we can't prove your briefing against the referees, but if you are, please please would you kindly stop it? Um, go in, go to your room and think while you do. While I kind of deal with the the
1: worst one. Yeah, definitely go and stand in that corner over there, over there, and uh, <laughs> and just uh, it, it, I, you know, it, it, <clears throat> I scratched my head when the leak story or the story came out about Gatland and the TMO. Um, and and I understand why, but it's like, let's you know, rugby values and all that hashtag rugby values, you've got to keep just keep living things like that. And then uh, Razzie went all um, uh, it's my ball and I'm going to take it away if you don't listen to me sort of thing. And then it just all went downhill from then. So I I, I can understand what um, World Rugby are doing, but just give me a It's
0: too late, though. I think that's that's the main issue here, is it's too little too late, is that, that World Rugby should have come up with something at least the day after the Razzie video to say, that we are conducting an independent, even if they've not got time to make any findings, say we're conducting an independent investigation because we believe it breaches what is it regulation eighteen of misconduct in the world rugby laws, but you know to do it after the test has happened, that's it's you know they, they've got absolutely no teeth, world rugby, Johnny
2: yeah, oh sorry no you're you're absolutely right. and and I think they probably have to take a bit of responsibility for what happened on Saturday. Because by sitting back and not getting involved, they put the officials in a difficult position. They basically left it open. And then Saturday was a mess. Yeah. And they've, they've got to, to come out and say, we can't have that happen again. And, that, and I suppose that's probably what they're starting to do by citing Razzi and, and giving the, the Lions a warning. So They're
1: waiting to see if the Lions won or not. And if the Lions won, Lions won or not, then it might have gone away. And that's that's just as you say, they're just being toothless.
0: I think the problem is that the the genie's out of the bottle with a couple of things, though. I mean, the first, I think that the, they're going to have to do something about this because I don't... I was saying earlier in the week on Twitter, there's parallels with the whole Mark Dodson trying to sue a weather system debacle that we had in Japan where World Rugby charged Scottish rugby with... Um, The fact that Nick DeMarco, who's the SIU's QC, had had made some comments to the Sun about what was happening, and basically said, "World Rugby need to watch, otherwise we're probably going to sue." And the World Rugby basically concluded that, you know, I think it was Nick DeMarco said to them, "I would never say anything without my clients." understanding that I was going to say those things and that they were happy for me to say those things. Um, But at the same time, World Rugby said, we can't prove that Mark Dodson and Scottish Rugby have jurisdiction over Nick DeMarc why, you know, they're his client, but we can't prove that they definitely told him to say it, so we're making no findings. So with the Razzie thing, he's retweeted Yako Yohan, who at this point we don't I understand from this AP who who's a, a South African rugby journalist. He, he he's his understanding is Yakko isn't Razi Erasmus, and the jury might be still out on that a little bit. But he's he said it or on good authority that there is actually a Yako Johan or someone posting. So what, all Razi's done is retweeted that video and said, "Oh, it was a good game. Come on, we don't need to highlight these things." Then he highlights something later in the week on his own video where he says. This is about players and and frames it in. Please don't pick up an injured player. But he doesn't. He, he's not critical of the referee in that tweet. He's just he would say I was educating young South Africans on safety in rugby. Then the hour video that comes out was released on some random South African guy's Vimeo account, oh, yeah. which which Razi presumably can turn around and say. Well, that wasn't me I, that was my, this was intended for an internal audience at world rugby that 's who I sent the video to. I, how it got out i don 't know maybe it 's elite you your end so it's got, I, I think it's going to be hard to prove, Craig, but at the same time, if world rugby do nothing, then what's to stop other than the kind of the ghost of rugby values holding people back and just their their moral you know people's own moral fortitude there's nothing to stop this <laughs> happening again unless they take action.
1: A lot moral fortitude has gone out the window this week in the first place, but um, <clears throat> I think uh, the what what from what I can tell and what I've listened to, a lot of. This is a this is a regular thing for referees after the after the game, um, and they get you know they'll get a set of points that have come from each coach and they have to go through them once they've done the review, and Razi is saying that he was he, you know if I'm writing this I might you know this is how I take it um, he is he is he couldn't talk to the referee on the Sunday or the referee wouldn't speak to him on the Sunday and he was very upset about it um, and I think. You know he can probably turn around and say, Well, that was internal because it was going to go to the referees so that once they've done the review, they can come back and talk to me because I couldn't get in touch with anyone on the Sunday. But also, <laughs> the, 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 they keep saying that referees need some time to the players need time after a game to, de, to, to, to reboot and set up, you know, calm down and think about things, and the referees need that as well. So it's, it's just a it's just a poor position to put everyone in and everyone just seems to be walking on eggshells at this moment in time. And I think it's ridiculous.
0: Is, is there anything World Rugby can do, John? I mean, are we going to have to see a whole... I was thinking the only thing I can see that they can do is to do a complete shutdown of all social media for coaches and players, a bit like gambling, and say that within, I don't know, 48 hours before and, 48, and a week after a test match, you are not allowed to tweet anything about the test match other than generic good luck messages or thumbs up or photos you you can't tweet anything at all
2: that's the only way i think that it's probably going to completely stop but i think it does so much unintended damage in other areas that it's it's probably not worth it because we do like like up until about six days ago we like to see what players had to say and i guess it, we'll see what they do if they if they come down heavy on either or both of the management teams having done these reviews and things, that might start to make a difference because outside of that, they do have to do something draconian, I think, to really to really get it back in hand and whether we want something that serious for all the, the bad consequences in other areas that it's going to have I don't know, is it worth it to stop this from happening again?
0: Yeah, I suppose it's I, I I agree with you. I wouldn't like to see it happen because I think it yeah it would have unintended consequences of you know, being able to I don't know speak, speak freely about what the opposition were up to. I think they can probably say you cut out when, with regards to the officials because there are ways of raising. There's ways of there was ways of saying what Razi was saying without bringing the officials into it. Just to say, look at what these cheating sods are up to, rather than to say why didn't you pick up on it, which was seemed to be the way he was framing it, Craig.
2: Tell you what, though, it might stop us from hearing from Max Lahiffe ever again, so <laughs> it's got that going for
1: it. Yeah, I think the other side for me is, is I don't want to. You know, I, I love to hear a, a, a bit a controversy coming out of Steve Diamond's mouth on 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 uh, on BT Sport and things like that. So I quite I quite like the sound bites. I quite like the the, the knowing that. Um, that all these people are just human beings; they're not just these these um, controlled by their union sort of people. But unfortunately, Razi's just gone about it the wrong way, um, and he and he's and he's 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 sounding like a whinger now. Obviously, his uh, his team has um, uh, shut us up a little bit um, over the weekend, but on the other side, he just came across this week. The last week as just a whinger and it just didn't look very good you know it really didn't look very good
0: yeah i mean it took the pressure off the spring box oh so, johnny i guess it's it's a classic i mean i think it was ian here in our group chat was saying it's a poor man's alex ferguson trick isn't it to play to start talking up the referees impact on a game and then basically the the Springboks team had a week <laughs> in camp Sorting out all the tactical problems while Razzie fronted up and basically took, you know, kind of went and kind of like said to everyone, "You look over here. Look, don't don't look over there where every where, where our players are and are sorting everything. Oh, you look over there. There's another problem over here."
2: Yeah, it worked. And the other yeah. thing that it did is, I saw a stat today that there was a two minutes and forty eight seconds of break for every one minute of rugby on Saturday afternoon for all the stuff they were checking and all the niggling, all the fighting and stuff. Now, if you're the team that was blowing through their hoop after 60 minutes last week, that's ideal. Almost almost three minutes of break for every minute that you're playing is exactly what you want, because they were out on their feet the spring walks before an hour in the first mm-hmm. test. Now, all of a sudden, Razzi's got out and said, well, keep an eye on the officials, keep an eye on this, keep an eye on that, stirred the pot a little bit, got a bit of niggle going, and now they're getting plenty of time to rest and get their breath back, so... For all the for all the things he was trying, it worked. So. Yeah,
0: Malcolm Knox has come up with a suggestion. He says uh, it's all set for an example to be made. Imagine Eddie Jones moving forward, premium subscription for Adobe Premiere, new mic and green screen. I think that's the way to do it. If if Gregor Townsend and the senior you're watching, get yourself a Patreon and then put all your <laughs> criticism of referees and, and the opposition behind a paywall. And that I don't, World Rugby can't touch you then because it's behind a paywall. That's it. It's not liable if you have to pay to see it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we're working on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We've not been sued yet. No, actually. Um, the other thing, Craig, and um, is the, the kind of genies out of the bottle is, is is the Razzie water boy thing because there's no rule against the director of rugby being on the field of play, passing water to the players. Uh, and it's it's been happening for years now. I mean, we saw with Scotland you'd have... I mean, Mike Blair's been water carrier for Scotland and he's you know Scotland's assistant attack coach, he's now Embraer coach. You had, um, for him, it was um, Nathan Hines was on the pitch, I think, during the Vern Cotter days. So you've always had coaches on the pitch and they've all got earpieces in. So they're obviously passing on instructions from the head coach. Mm. I don't think there's any point having any restrictions anymore other than maybe the numbers. So you say to coaching steps, you can have, as many you can have whoever you want down there pitch side, however you want to work that out. But you can only have two water carriers and two members of medical staff, or however many you would need. So you have two water carriers, two members of medical staff. How you how you arrange that amongst yourselves? If you want Jack Nebar down as your physio, fine, you can do that. But that only leaves you with three other spaces to to fulfill your backroom staff. Is that the yeah, situation? Do you think
1: it's almost going down the route of um, uh, the the so-called um, oh, what do they call it? the box in football? You know, the the the, the space for all the subs and the management team can can walk up to the side of the pitch, and that's as far as they can go. They're not allowed to go outside it. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I used to see you know. Um, roddy grant uh, is it roddy yeah uh, at, uh, at edinburgh used to sh- shout and scream and go on with the water bottles all the time um when uh, when he was um coaching at edinburgh so you know it's been going on for years so it doesn't really matter who it is as long as it's not you know i'm getting a little bit fed up of water carriers coming on the minute anybody takes a knee there's water carriers on and they're all Yapping away, and I was always told, as I was a coach. The minute somebody crosses, the minute a player crosses a white the whitewash, their heads so far in the game that you don't shout at them, you don't you don't have a go at them, you don't talk to them about about what's going on because it's up to them to go out and get on with it. You you know, um, I I don't know what. The, okay, it's coming out the horse's mouth this time, and he's and he's. Maybe, I don't know if he's such a, a talismanic. Um, Coach, that they love hearing from him on the pitch, but if it was me, I wouldn't want my, my coach walking on with a water bottle to give you know, to say, Oh, by the way, you need to lift your leg that way, you need to do this. Oh, look, piss off back. Oh, sorry, but get back there and, <laughs> and uh, is it the watershed? Um, uh, go back there and um, uh, and stand at the side of the pitch now. So, I, I it depends what the player the players I don't know whether they get a choice in it or not, but yeah.
0: I don't know we've got like Bishopton Boy says, of course, Johnny, that for years, Neil Jenkins has been bringing on the water for the kicker, for the Lions anyway, so... You're on mute, Johnny. Don't
2: know how that happened. Um, no, Jenks is is one of the most successful kickers ever, and he's on, what, three, tu- three tours now of bringing on the water and the tea, and he'll stand beside Dan Bigger on Road Farrell and go, there's your water bottle, there's your tea. By the way, this is what I would do. And I, it feels a bit rich for me, for the Lions staff to be complaining about Rassi doing it when, when they've got Jenkins going on for every single kick at goal, and he's a he's a kicking expert. And also, if we want to get technical about it, Rassi's not their coach.
0: No. Yeah. But is it, uh, I, I think it's but it's the it's the Vladimir Putin situation, isn't it? Where he couldn't maybe, maybe he couldn't be he couldn't be coach any longer. He'd come to the end of his term, so he's put you know promoted upstairs and then brought brought his physio in as head coach. And then
1: Are you saying that all the all the guys in the picture are just saying yes, Razzie knows Razzie in case they get put on a bus somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Off to the gulags.
0: <laughs> wow, he's all he's all kind of, you know, motivational cat posters is Razzie on the outside, but I bet underneath it all there's there's a ruthless. Yeah,
1: speak. it's all it's all tears on the uh on the documentary but out he comes yeah. in his uh, yeah, his special uniform later on. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Patreon subscribers can get,
0: uh, get access to uh, Craig's illustration of Razzie's special <laughs> Involves leather chaps. Anyway. Um, You've taken that too <laughs> far. You've taken that too far. <laughs> um, what we're going to do for the – we're going to kind of – we're going to have some new sections on the podcast. And one of them we've come up with is it's called Bams and Belters. So we thought we'd give it a run out tonight as a wee test for the second test. So, Bams or Bam Pots—it's the—it's not necessarily a person, but it's the kind of moments or that where something stupid, something bad, something daft happened. We can talk about that. That's the—that's the the bad part, and Belt is well, it's self-explanatory. It's it's the good part, and we're going to. The reason we're trying this tonight is because it feels like we need to, at least attempt to come up with some belters after that game. Um, so we'll, we'll do the easy thing first. Let's, let's do the BAMs. What have you got for your first BAM, Johnny?
2: Uh, my my BAMs are actually quite interlinked. And it, it's two people in one moment, all in one go. And it's, uh, it's Marco Vunapola and Ben O'Keefe in what, the third or fourth minute of the game, where Vunapola's challenge was an absolutely stuck-on red card. And if Ben O'Keefe had just... I don't want to say fronted up, but if he'd if he'd sent Mako off that early for what was guaranteed a red, I don't think any of the rest of it would have happened because he's laid a marker down there and gone. Listen, I know I know everything that's happened. We we know what we expect to see here, but that's a red card and you're off. Then I don't think that a lot of the rest of it happens. So yeah. that that set the tone for me, I think, and and mm-hmm. that's where it kind of snowballed from there.
0: We saw that was it um, twenty sixteen Calcutta Cup with Fraser Brown. Do you know? So. You know, early early minutes of the match comes in absolutely smashes an England player, and then he was off the pitch. Hmm. That was it. Was that red card? Was it yellow? I think it was a yellow. I think, I it, was think yellow, it was a yellow. But it's still the yeah. same thing. It's still the yeah. same thing. It's it's the kind of it's the decisions you see in other games that go the way of a referee. It's the boys will be boys decision, effectively saying, "All right, I know it's the first couple of minutes of the match, but just settle down, eh? And we'll just get call it a penalty and say no more about it." But you're right, Johnny. I think given given everything that had happened the week before and in the in the week it, that it's by the book and the letter of the law, it's a red card, Craig.
1: Yeah, very much so, very much so. And 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 the the thing is, and 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 this moves on to one of my balms, is is Ben O'Keefe's. Refereeing and the TMO's refereeing of the game, um, they were on such you know okay, fair enough. Everything that's gone on in the in the week hasn't helped, but there were several points within the within the game that he needed to front up and say, no, no, I'm not standing for this. Um, one was Mark, Marco Vennapola. The second one was um, uh, Cheslin Colby. Um, I know he's supposed to walk on water, but uh, you know. He, he had a head-to-head clash with um, Tom Curry. He was quite obviously concussed, then went crack, cracking on and rattled into um, into Connor Murray in the air. And he, Connor Murray did not fall on his back. He wasn't even on his back. He didn't even roll on his back. He's, his face went straight into the turf. Um, and, you know, I may not be Connor Murray's best pal at this moment in time or best fan, but I'll tell you what, he didn't deserve that. And um I think that should have been a red card. I think um well first of all the head on head contact. If that was in the northern hemisphere, um both Makov and Apolo would be off the pitch and so would Ch- Cheslin Colby.
0: was Ross Ross uh, Ross Marno on, on the comments says no way Mako gets red with O'Keeffe's anatomy now it was clearly a hit and back. <laughs> <laughs> There was also so, the, the, the there there were so many incidents that just don't and, and I think you know the sighting at the sighting the number of sightings afterwards is hugely disappointing as well. Like given that, you know even the the FAF shot on um, Connor Murray in the first half. If that that if that's not a red, it's a pen or a yellow. It's still a penalty because it's not even if he's not made contact to the head, it, it's still a no arms tackle.
1: Mm. There was no you know, both Colby and, and Faf did not bend. There was no knee bend, there was no um hip bend, they were straight in flat straight up. it was a it was a known type tackle. Um and, uh, and and it just it was ridiculous. And and okay, fair enough, we know we all know that the Southern Hemisphere, especially the, the um uh the New Zealand and and and, and uh Australian refs do not See head-to-head contact um, as as uh, the way that our you know the referees in the northern hemisphere are seeing it at this moment in time, um, but it just it's on a world stage and we should be we should be setting an example and whether it's whether it's one of ours or one of theirs, it, it has to happen. You know,
2: yeah. you go, Johnny. The, the, the bit that was, was really disappointing for me was uh, as far as O'Keefe was concerned was actually what happened just after Colby's tackling the air of Conor Murray, because right at the start, when we had the first kind of big bit of handbags with Etzabeth and and Alan Wynn, he called Alan Wynn and Khaleesi over, quite rightly, and said, right, dealt with the penalty, and then said, listen, we've had this, we're not going to have it again, I'm going to start dishing out yellow cards. If we have this again, we'll have yellow cards. And then we had a massive bit of handbags after the Colby and Conor Murray incident, and he called him over again and said, Right, he's got a yellow for that dangerous tackle. But if we have this again, we're going to have some yellows. It's like, Well, that's what you said originally. So do it now. Actually, back yourself up and say, Off you go.
0: Kobe should have been had his second yellow for that incident because he makes contact with um, Curry's face or a, it was either Curry or a so yeah. because they were both sitting there. I can't remember. And obviously, they, they, there was a little pushing back and forth between them, but he actually stands up and makes contact with the face, which hmm. in the afters is an absolute no no. Making contact with the face, so that's a second yellow, and it's so then it's a red, and you're off by the letter of the law. The other st- I, I, damn bigger falling up, being knocked over by his own player, and rolling around like he's been shot in the
1: <laughs> back. Uh, uh, that, stone. Was, that, that was the hooker. That was the that was a South African hooker hit him in the back yeah, no, and, yeah. pushed, and pushed him into uh, pushed him into his own player. Now, okay, fair enough. Um, uh, he you, made you made a lot of it. You made a lot of it. Yeah, um, but there is there's a lot to be. But then I, you know, we can we can maybe move on to my another bam of mine. But I'll I'll talk about that later if you need to. But is, this play acting is just doing my head in. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. And um, we'll what what you do yours then, Craig?
1: Um, well, uh, for me, uh, there was there was far too. Uh, I'm getting a little bit hacked off with all the. A mixture of the play acting, the shouting and screaming into people's faces. The oh, he tapped me on the head, sir. Maro, told you, you're a big lad, and everyone loves you. Get a grip. Um, you know, uh, there was one point. Ty, 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 Ty Furlong was was meant to be defending uh, a a. Th- the, the, eventually, it was a, a a thirty meter mall advance by the South Africans, and he's holding on to someone's jersey and looking at the looking at the um, at the uh, assistant referee on the side it's like get your backside back round to the back where the you know where the, where the bodies are going and stop them going marching you down the, the field 30, 30 uh, yards or you know, thirty meters it, it, they're get Professional rugby players are getting far too used to the referees telling them you can do this, you can do that, and their nice accents or their this or that. It's getting crazy, you know. Uh, 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 use it, use the ball, you know. <sighs> Yeah, use it if they're ta- if they're taking their time, but then you be yelling at them all the time because, especially for example, in a scrum, you, you want it to be sitting at the at the um, number eight's feet for a couple of couple of seconds while you try to get some forward momentum. But if you've got the referee shouting and screaming at you to use it, it takes away that advantage that you get. So I think just for me, it's it's the the constant coaching from the referee, and now the players are now starting to look at at the, the um, uh, at the uh, assistant referees and the referee, look what they're doing to us, or, or they're looking for coaching. And it's like, just get yourself back around and get into the into them all and all. What's happening? Yeah.
0: As you watch the rocks and the, you know, you got players in there staring at the referee, going, "Am I okay, sir? Am I okay, sir? Am yeah. I okay, yeah. sir?" And it's like, it's almost like they're trying to legally protect themselves. So that if the referee says, "No, you're not okay now," they, can, they you know, it's like play play by the rules. The referee should be quiet. I think it's, Wayne Barnes started it all. I think with his kind of good good scrummaging boys you know when they're like he's some kind of like 1950s headmaster in a private school it's
1: Yes, sir, I, see, I see. I see the amount of uh, scrums you've been in, sir. By the sight of your face, yeah, of course <laughs> uh, He's the only referee I think that wears Manliner, you know, um, but, uh, guy liner. I should say that's it. Um, but no, I, I just Ma- man liners. I think manliners is what you have to wear after the age of seventy, isn't it? Well, I, 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 maybe it's in my head for some 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 other reason. No <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I just it, it just I think Nigel Owens uh, hasn't helped. Um, and everyone has started to look into the referees to to get involved in oh whatever a fantastic referee because he's got banter with the lads. And I just you know, we always used to say, and we still I still say it, play the whistle, go out the first mm-hmm. ten minutes, do everything you possibly can to get to get into the other the other the other team's faces and see what the referee's gonna do. And if the referee's gonna ping you for this or that, the other, he's gonna blow the whistle and then you know. Yeah. Uh, and and I think I think you know, they're professional players, they're, they're, they're training, you know. Four or five days a week, and playing at the weekend. You know they should know what the laws are of the game, and if they are wrong or if they are right. You know, yeah. it's ridiculous.
0: And if you, and it, like you said, Craig, if you're not, if you want to know what an individual referee's interpretation of the law is, one you they get an opportunity to ask them at the start anyway. Yeah, because they, they that you know that that whole Italy rock gate thing with England, they told they told the referee they were going to do that beforehand. I said, "Is that okay?" And he said, "Yeah, that's that's fine." I understand what you're gonna do. So the at a professional level, they get a chance to speak to the referee to find out his interpretation, and then they've got, like you said, the first ten minutes of the match to try things. And we've heard rumors that Xander likes to drop the scrum just to find out what the referee's gonna do with the scrum, which isn't maybe isn't a bad tactic, but it's not um yeah, I just I think the referee's communication should be whistle. That's it. No warnings, no you're on side, you're offside. no wait. You know, I can't kind of mind being told, I can't kind of mind being told when I was playing on you're onside, you're offside when you're at you, know to wait until the kick has gone past you.
1: Joe, you know, before you're on side again. It's not it's not but hard. The, the, but the referees are so busy. I've seen it in so many international games. They're so busy trying to make sure that the other team are on side that they're missing what's going on in either the ruck or the mall or the scrum. And it's like you you need to. You know, concentrate on where the ball is and see what's going on. You've got assistant referees that can say he's offside. They've got these. Yeah. All, they've got all their mics on, etc. That they can have clear communication. It's just, it's getting ridiculous. Sorry, that's a my rant, today, Johnny.
2: <laughs> it's how, and the thing is, it's how that's how you win or lose games. And to be honest, I've always thought or thought recently that that's where Scotland are lacking. That's what Scotland really needs to put together to push on to the next phase is the very very good teams adapt to a referee like that and scotland have as a rule they've had some times where they've been really good at it but generally they're not very good at it and that's when you get a great captain and a great team what they do really well is they adapt to the referee's interpretation and so if the referee is going to tell you what they're doing at every single stage it makes it easier to adapt and then it, it takes out an aspect of what makes a really good team i think.
0: I think the other thing is, though. I think if the, re- if the referee just cuts out all communication, other than "I'll blow the whistle if there's a foul, lads," and we give you any warnings, I'll, "I'll blow up if there's a foul," and you can and then I'll, and I'll tell you what's what's gone wrong, then you don't get the situation that Sia Khaleesi was put in, where he felt, and and you know, I think the Razi Erasmus thing kind of detracted from this quite a lot because a lot of people dismissed this. But if Sia Khaleesi genuinely felt like the referee was dealing with him differently, then he was dealing with Alan wynne Jones that that's a that's a legitimate point that he he might legitimately feel then that that cuts that out as well then there there can be no complaints from either side that while well, he was talking to us but he wasn't he talking to to them you know he was talking to them but he wasn't he talking to us sorry you know he he spent all the he was he was in the area all the time and he was telling them what to do but he never gave us any warnings you know, we saw, we've seen it with Scotland and Wayne Barnes before. I mean, it, you know, because Scotland are more successful now and maybe because Wayne Barnes has refereed Glasgow and Edinburgh a couple of times now, he's on first-name terms with the players and that's how he referees. We've seen before Scotland play Ireland before Wayne Barnes knew the Scottish players and it was so frustrating watching him refer to the Scottish players as numbers and yet he's going, oh, Connor, Johnny. Mm. You know, And uh, from, from from the outside looking in, you're thinking, well, who is this guy? Who's Like, is he out for a pint with him afterwards? You know, how is he, is he best made to them? How come he's calling Hamish Watson seven, but he's yeah. calling, you know, he's calling Peter Romani Pete? It's not. So I think, so you can understand from someone, from Khaleesi, Khaleesi may have had a valid point. Perhaps he was spoken to differently than Alan Wynn Jones, and maybe that did feel, make him feel like he's been treated, dif- treated differently. The way around that is you say the referee's there to blow the whistle when something goes wrong. I can't think of any other sport where the referee would tell you when you're about to be blown up for something. You're not doing tennis. Do <laughs> you? careful. You look like you about to hit that too long. I don't have to call it out, or you know, cricket. All oh, that run up doesn't look. You know, football. I mean, doesn't it doesn't happen in football. Do you know what I mean? Like they'll. I can't, I can't think of any other sport where no. you get a warning it, or you get coached by the referee on the pitch.
2: It's such a weird relationship that we have with the referees, and like to the point where we know as fans watching the games what's going to happen when the referees get announced. You know, yep. we look for referee announcements. When the referee announcements come out for the Six Nations, you go, "Oh God, we've got we've got Roman Poit. great!" Like he's a he's a breakdown cowboy, and we're going to get slaughtered. And it's like there's not another sport in the world where you see that.
0: Yeah, it's mad. I think the other thing is, well, with the um the referees and just the official it's just um yeah, it's just a mess. I don't know why, because we've said before, rugby essentially is a game for cheats and cheaters, and that's that's the whole. I mean, that's that's the great thing about the game. It's a game where cheating actually can win you games if you do. It, the, if you kind of stretch your interpretation of the laws, stretch kind of your positioning, and you get away with things. That's that's the beauty of rugby. And but now we've got a situation where you've got trial by social media for all the little niggle stuff and all the little things. And I don't think if you were. You either have to go two ways with it. Is one we go the way of the referee just buttons up, and unless there's a problem and he blows up, that's it doesn't get involved. Or you go the other way, and we have two referees on the pitch, and blo- and they blow up for absolutely everything. And with the way that rugby's laws are at the minute, you have a game exactly like you had on Saturday, where as Johnny said, what was it, Johnny? Two minutes and for- two minutes got two- forty-eight. Yeah, rest for every. For every minute. It's and then, and then, you know, essentially, you might as well stick pads on the lads and turn it into quarters and play American football. Because that's uh, that's what would happen yeah. if you go the other way. If, if you're going to blow up absolutely every little thing and you're going to have this ridiculous forensic analysis of absolutely everything that goes on on the pitch during the game, then the game will become unwatchable.
1: I think the issue you have is, is, is and this is maybe going back to the, the first discussion we had, was the minute you start bringing... The officials and the coaches into social media, where social media is such a um, wild west uh, of everyone's comments. There are so many, you know, comments go from the the wild nut job to all the way through to someone trying to make a point. The minute they start coming onto social media and engaging on social media to tell us about the game and how they're how how they're they're hard done by, etc., that's when it start. I, I feel it's starting to slip, and I think that the it's 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 just a difficult, you know. The referees. I I'm a great believer. I I love a little bit of banter from the referees. We always get them when we're when we're playing the the old boys games. It's great to have a referee that can have a little bit of banter and you can have a wee bit of a niggle at them because they're usually old old players anyway. We I like a little bit of banter. I don't mind the names. I don't mind Wayne Barnes knowing that knowing saying right, you know. Zander, can you not do this? Can you not do that? Please stop, stop hitting that boy, Zander. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I just think, you know, it just gets too far when it's. I just feel the coaching of the game, you know, having Razzie going on with the water, you know, as the water boy is ridiculous, and having, um, uh, you know, have or having any any helper on the on the pitch, giving the guys telling them what they should be doing, and also having the the referees coaching on the pitch is ridiculous.
0: I think the thing is, last week when we were talking about this, I, I thought, look, I, I wasn't bothered by the Razzie thing last week, but I've, I've kind of changed my mind on it a little bit because my view was, look, this is a bit of fun. it's It makes it a bit more entertaining. And uh, you know, there was a lot of pearl clutching and oh god, this is gonna seep into amateur rugby as you know, amateur rugby coaches have got time put together an hour video to put on social media and anyone's gonna bloody watch it, it's like the Border Referee Association watching you know the Peebles coach moaning on for an hour about some decisions. <laughs> that's not that's not gonna happen. But 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 the other part we thought I think people have got the emotional intelligence to realize that professional and national, that this isn't real life, that 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 this is just this is a sideshow, it's a bit of a circus and it's a bit of fun. People will surely recognise that that's what's happening. But actually, all the like the last few days have shown me is people absolutely do not have that level of emotional intelligence or understanding. <laughs> there are people in South Africa who genuinely believe that Razi Erasmus put that video out to, to highlight dangers to players and that he was entirely innocent. And, that, you know, you point out, I think he's probably done this just to take some pressure off his own players, Sure, you can see that going, oh no, we are, you know, our South Africans are always hard done by. I think somebody <laughs> even said, I mean, think the, the highlight was, nobody would come and play us in the eighties. <laughs> it's like,
1: <laughs> well, <Very good. laughs> trapping, I, lads,
2: I, good I don't know how related that was to your player safety, to be honest. Yeah.
1: Oh, I just, it's ridiculous. No one used to eat your apples. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> us poor
0: South Africans if only there was a reason why you wouldn't play us in the 80s
2: this is the same team that the last time the Lions went there were trying to get a red card for gouging rescinded (laughs) like at least be consistent guys come on
0: uh, Graham Love on Twitter was suggesting that there's going to be uh, black armbands like they were in 2009 with Justice for on them
1: (laughs) taken to the pitch yeah, um, that's, that that was a that was great. I saw but that was brilliant. It's like I don't mind. You can ban me from going on. The, I, you can just keep me away from the, the 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 pit side. You can put me out in my car in the car park. Whatever you do, but I have to say this, Get <laughs> <a crap>. <laughs> <laughs> just for the good of the game. Give me the good of the game, yeah, Razzie, okay. Go back and cry for, cry about my pimpy for a little bit longer, come mm, on. The, the
0: other thing that bothered me was the um, the other reply I got from a couple of has to be said white South Africans was a photo of Maru Otoji um, kneeling on some a, a white South African player's chest. And it was his chest because you could see the piping of the neckline of the shark. He was kneeling on his chest saying, this doesn't look good from a Black Lives Matter point of view. This is where I all the you know, this we, we had Black Lives Matter and George Floyd because a man nail another man's neck. Like, I don't think you're making the point you think you're making.
2: Yeah, that was yeah. it was not a good look.
0: No. I, I saw that a
2: couple of times and I was just like, no guys, no, please don't.
0: No. There's so much I'm not even gonna spend time. I could do an hour-long <laughs> video, Razi Rasmussen style video. I was <laughs> nearly tempted to do that, unpicking exactly why that's wrong with yellow circles <laughs> around the tweets. <laughs> Um my bam was the Lions Mall is a nut of shambles. And for all people are saying that this is Gregor Townsend's fault, which is not, and you know, and Steve Tandy's fault is not. It's the, the mall defense was just and I don't know what it is. I mean maybe you know the South Africans have got a ferocious mall. How nobody saw that coming is 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 either unthinkable or unforgivable. I don't know what. And I don't know what the I, I don't know what, what's happened, Whether or not it's the tra- coaching or whether it's the players, because there was a lot of players who were taking a long time to loop round to the back of the mall.
2: It, it's a, an almost catastrophic lack of Adam Beard is
1: the problem. That, <laughs> I, that was one of the things I was going to say, Johnny. Is that, You know, it's Tooney's fault. It's Tooney's fault. Hang on a minute. Your option is to go and get even bigger boys. You know, we're playing the wrong game. I understand that, but it's mainly Gatlin Ball, is it not? To put big boys and rattle them into folk.
0: Yeah. And it just, there was, I think there's the one just before the um, Pompey try. It was just like Tom Curry did the, it was like he had no turning circle whatsoever. He came out of the mall and then took an absolute age to get around to the back of it. And Scotland have got such a great mall defense at the minute. I couldn't really. It just looked like they'd never mauled before
1: but again that's we' they've played a certain amount of forwards together in certain um games that they've played on the warm ups and then they, what they did was take them apart and put them put them in in, in different you know they, they they had no consistency with a forward pack. Um, you know, the we, we were building up, everyone was getting excited. You could see the different pods that were being created, the back row pods, the second row pods, the front row pods, and then they just blew it apart and said, actually we're going to start these guys. Um and they threw it all together. How, how it's going to be fairly mixed up. And and I, I just the you know, even even the, the, the first test savior Markovinapola couldn't hold it, you know, was struggling with the scrum. Um, uh, the the scrum side of things, so set piece was an absolute nightmare for them, and and I just felt South Africa did the homework, and yeah. uh, and they did a good job. But,
0: but it wasn't like the the lineup went quite well in the first half, Johnny. It was over, you know they got you know Mario Toji kind of we lost our own lineup, and then somehow managed to get a five meter scrum.
2: Yeah, that that was a big boy play from from Mario Toji because that could have been disastrous. Um, it was a big call yeah. first of all to, to go for the kick to the corner um, and then mess it up the line or not even necessarily messing up the line out. you've got to get your line out absolutely dead on against the string box and uh, Ludo De Yeager was having absolutely none of it. Um, or sorry, um, Franco Moster was having none of that and then for for atoji to bundle a unit as big as Elizabeth over the line, was was a serious serious big boy moment because we could have been in, in big trouble there. I mean, we ended up in big trouble anyway. But that's the sort of thing you don't take chances with against the Springboks.
0: No. And um, what's your next bam then, Johnny?
2: Uh, I'm going to have to say Jack Conan, I'm afraid. And I don't think it's necessarily his fault because he's been he's been good this tour. Um, he doesn't do well with a pack that's going backwards, does he? <laughs> with a with a scrum going back, he. I mean, he plays for Leinster, so he's not dealt with it very often. But the uh, the moment where Conor Murray really got decapitated by Faf De Klerk, that was almost entirely Coran's fault because he picks the ball up at the back of the scrum and just goes nowhere and stands there for a second and then sort of panics and ships it off to to Conor Murray and he gets mullered. and he was he was kind of a bit like that all day, I think. It was a situation that he's not used to, and he didn't handle it very well.
0: Yeah, I think the first try he was a bit at sea with as well. He was kind of taken off guard with the kick.
2: Yeah, I think he's just at a place that he's not really been before, and um, hasn't hasn't really adapted. I don't think.
0: Yeah, Craig, your next ban.
1: Uh, my next Bam's Conor Murray. <clears throat> um, the the walk on water. Um, can't do anything wrong. He saves the gate, saves the day every day. He was absolutely garbage. I'm sorry. He was slow, um, slow to the rucks, slow while in the rucks, kicked the leather off it all the time. Why give the ball back to the South Africans when they're already playing fairly hard at you or they're kicking the ball to you so that they can so that um our, our back three can drop the ball? Although I will say in Hogg's defence he did catch it twice. So um he did a very you know um compared to the other the other two um uh two uh, uh you know back three two out of the back three that dropped every ball that came near them. But I think I think Connor Murray just <clears throat> this whole thing of oh Connor Murray's here to settle things down and control things. He may have controlled things, but he was we couldn't Con- controlled play against the Springboks is playing in the Springboks' hands, um, and the only time we actually looked like we were doing anything uh, we, that we gained any meterage was when we started throwing the ball around a little bit. Um, okay, it was a bit crazy, and Harris, Harri- you know, the Harris's basketball pass, etc., looked a bit wild. But I think when you're playing against a, a, a team that are very, very destructive in your set piece um using um being slow at the ruck being slow um for your kicks etc It gives them plenty of time to set up to then shove the ball back down your throat as you as as, as, as you give it to them so i felt conan murray was uh, just to the point of i wouldn't have him in the test team it's
0: in, it was interesting that he came the post-match interview because i just watched the I was watching the highlights back on Channel 4 to remind myself kind of of, <laughs> of, of of what had happened during the game and th- there was a post-match interview that I hadn't seen with him where they said, you know, what w- what happened? And he said, I'll have to watch the game back. I don't know. And I think I, I get, you know, they're in the moment and they need to, re- to review the game and I, I get maybe forwards, might not always remember exactly what's gone on in the game with the intensity of it, but I think as a, as a back, you should be, especially someone like a scrum half and your scrum half and your fly half and your fullback should should know what's happening in the game and how tactics are affecting things and should be able to work out what's going right and what's going wrong and be problem solving on the pitch. So that response of I don't know. I'll have to watch the game back suggests that he just that either tactically there was no plan B or he's not able to think creatively on the pitch. Because maybe he's not used to being under pressure in the same way that you know, for a very expression, you know, Ali Price is is used to playing under pressure both for Glasgow and that's not a sly Glasgow <clears> day, Johnny. I promise you, <laughs> and for, and for Scotland, you know, and it, it's that 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 France game, particularly Scotland, re, were under a lot of pressure, and Ali Ali Price really dug Scotland out of a hole in that game. It's yeah, I don't Connor Murray played poorly, I think, and I I agree with Craig.
2: Yeah, it's not hard to work out what's going wrong as well when the answer is everything.
0: <laughs> with the, my ban was kicks, was the, the kicks were you can talk about, Greg, people are kind of saying oh it's Gregor Townsend's attack and they should just let Warren Gatland take over as though Warren Gatland's entirely just kind of delegated attack to to Gregor, Gregor Townsend's off in his wee hotel room making notes and like not speaking to any of the other coaches, it's utter ridiculous but the, um, the there maybe wasn't anything wrong with the tactic of kicking but the execution was really poor because they were just basically as we saw in the south africa game a game you kick straight to the south africans they'll just run it back at you and they'll probably run through you or run around you and you they'll score tries and they'll cause you problems if you kick behind them or you kick into space and you put in contestable kicks like they did in the first test then you'll cause them problems and you'll put them under pressure they, they the south africans did to the Lions, what the Lions did to South Africa last week. I mean, people talk about Hogg spilling the ball, but Hogg was having to come a hell of a way. I mean, Johnny, you're a fullback. Hogg was having to come a hell of a way to get some of those kicks.
2: Yeah, he's he's coming from really, really deep because the organisation in front of him was basically non-existent. And by the time he gets there, because Faf de Klerk and Andre Pollard are kicking so well... By the time he gets there, so is the entire South African defensive line. And I actually think you must it was you that put something up, Cammy, on Twitter on Sunday, saying where's the Lions forwards here? Because Hogg comes up and gathers a ball, and the entire South African line's there, Henshaw and Harris do a decent job of trying to clear them out, but there's the forwards are nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Now Hogg's powered forty or so yards to come and gather that ball. The centres have tried their best to come in and help him, and the forwards are just completely at sea while the entire South African defensive line spills over the top of them. So Hogg was poor on Saturday. There's no getting away from it, but he didn't get a lot of help. And he needed a lot of help.
0: I think he was he was poor, but nobody else would have been better. I think that's the bottom line is that you can we'll come on to a minute about who you, who we might pick for the third test. But I think Hogg was poor, but I'm not saying that anybody else is gonna do better. That you know, Liam Williams is poor all too. It's not like he's kind of sat on the sidelines with money in the bank reputation wise or form wise so hog played poorly but ultimately the Springboks were good and they kind of exploited a weakness with the lions and like you said the lion the, the forwards were just nowhere to be seen and it's a problem that scotland have had i think that's a steve tandy issue because the re- i mean if you look at the reasons and they got the red card against wales that was because you had two backs contesting a ruck and Xander had to come in from distance to clear out and he's you know and he's hit the Wynn Jones in the head and got red carded. Now a, a better defensive setup, we would have at least one forward there to support and help repel the vax a little bit. I mean, you know, henshaw and harris aren't small by any means, but and they did a reasonable job of count of trying to kind of protect the ruck, but the, you know, against yeah, not Galichie, even no exactly. Exactly.
1: This also is the payoff for um, choosing bigger, more aggressive guys, um, you know, like Courtney Laws, etc., to try and match them up front. Um, Then they will slow down because they're having to get themselves up and down, up and down, off the ground all the time. And that's where, for example, people like um, Hamish Watson, um, Tom Curry, as well. He 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 was he was he was around, uh, and you could see him. Um, but a lot of the big guys were still getting themselves off the ground because that's that's what they do. They smash and then they try to get, you know, they're, they're, they're having to pick themselves up and down off the ground and they get tired. Um, but then it, it, we didn't kick, we we didn't kick smartly though. And that, that's the mm-hmm. other thing is, is that, you know, um, with where, where, why aren't we, okay, I'm going to totally contradict myself here because the, and in the second half, the line out was, was, it was horrendous. But, you know, we weren't kicking for touch. We're just kicking the ball back to the South Africans, and and then we're looking at ourselves going, "Oh, what happened there? They've kicked it back, and we've dropped it because we were poor at, at, at catching the ball. Even Conor Murray, for example, got in the way of Duhan, and, and and people are really slating Duhan for 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 his game on um, on Saturday, but we, the rest of the Lions didn't help him.
0: No, I, I, <laughs> I, I, these bad performances don't happen in isolation. They're not the Duhan and Stuart Hogan, not the reason the Lions lost at the weekend.
1: No,
2: no, absolutely not. No, and that that keeping the ball in with the kicks is a is a deliberate tactic that in the first test the Springboks had four lineouts, which coincidentally is the least since they played Wales in the semi-final of the World Cup when Gatland gave them six lineouts. Now it worked really well for Wales in the semis. It worked really well for the Lions the first week. It was not working. On Saturday to keep the ball in and let them kick it back. And for whatever reason, Connor Murray and Dan Bigger, whether they felt they didn't have the authority or whether they didn't have the realization, didn't think to go, right, listen, let let's change this tactic. Let's get it out. Let's have some more line out and let's see if we could contest some. They just kept kicking it to them, leaving it in play and letting them kick it back. And it was and it was a problem. And it's it's a tactical problem because it was what they were told to do and they should have changed it and they didn't. Yeah.
0: You know? And I think it's quite it's interesting because this Gregor Townsend said afterwards, the first half our game plan was working, and we felt like we were in a good place. And I, and I think if you look back at it, they probably were. And I think that's that's the trick. They were almost lulled into a false sense of this is going exactly how it went in the first test. We can see the way this is going. We've got them under pressure. Actually, at that point, the Lions had the, I think they had the you know the, the, they had more penalties in their favour than than the box for all everyone saying that Ben O'Keefe was biased. I think the Lions actually at one point were. Had far more penalties awarded for them in the first half, but then I think the the problem is they didn't change, they weren't expecting the Springboks to try something different in the second half, and they didn't have a plan B. We yeah, talked I, about Scotland not having a plan B before, and you know I appreciate the two Scottish coaches in the box. So.
1: I, th- I think if we t- if we turned it round, if they turned the the the. Um, the subs or the finishers or whoever you want to call them um around the other way so if you had them um if you had Mako and um uh oh goodness if you had them the they round rounder so the first test subs were in the second test subs bench i think you probably would have had a better a better chance at it because they were heavier they were stronger and they would have hopefully um increased the, the 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 south africans um uh tiredness that's not a word but you know what i mean um they would make them more tired they would they would they would, they would fatigue them far more but they brought they 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 kind of had a um what's the word they kind of had a heavier pack sitting on the bench um and 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 they didn't really they gave them they gave the south africans some time to just, just reset 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 and breathe you know
0: yeah. Should we, should we do some belters then? Um, I mean, we've got the, um, we said we, we're not going to allow any of the stuff. Chris Harris is a belter because he's, you know, I think it's a standing belter done with Chris Harris. I had, I, I actually thought his his part my, my I was quite sneaky in that my, my belter was uh, his partnership with Robbie Henshaw because I actually thought that worked in defence quite well. And I like Henshaw and Harris together as a centre pairing. And like you said, Johnny, that, that, the the ruck that they lost yes they lost it but actually they they were really quick to get there and to bind together and try and protect the ball and i saw a lot of that they obviously it's a, it's weird because they had them together at points i think in the early in the earlier test games but then they didn't bother with it in the first test and i know people have got their doubts about chris Harris attacking from an attacking sense defensively he's He's absolutely solid.
2: Yeah. They're they're the only unit I'd keep intact from this week for for next week. I thought they were both really good. Their partnership's solid. They both know what they're doing. They didn't make many, if any, mistakes. I thought they were probably they were they were probably among the standouts. And and as much as people want to see changes everywhere, that's about the only unit I'd keep together.
0: Yeah. Your belter then, Johnny? Uh,
2: the only other person, I think, in the starting 15 who came out in credit, which is Tyke Furlong, again, um, didn't, again, not a huge amount of mistakes. The scrum overall was struggling, which you can't really pin on him, but he did his best there, um, was was pretty decent in the breakdown. I think pretty much everything in the contact area was going wrong around him, and he still managed to come out with a unremarkable but pretty solid performance.
0: Yeah. Which is what you want. I'm, which is what you want. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the most you can inspire to in a game like that. Craig, your belter.
1: Um, I I think uh, I'm going to go slightly different here. It's going to be the um, uh, the over six foot five club that's in the South African pack. I think they had a belter, I think, uh, Mot, uh, Motstar, um Elizabeth, and then Luke De Jäger. Wow, bringing him on um, when they brought him on. He, just fabulous. And they... they you know, being able to put these, these, but I, if your line out starts going wrong and then all of a sudden they bring a third, second row on that's about seven foot five, you kind of, you know, it just, you know, whatever, whoever's, okay, fair enough, maybe it's Razzie or, or Razzie's decision or whatever, but that was fabulous and they played incredibly well. Um, they were destructive. They were. Um, they 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 mould incredibly well. The the mould defence is very very good as well. So I I I um they were belters for me. They were absolutely fantastic. But you know whatever you can't really take away from them.
0: Yeah. Um, we've had a couple of hands in the rock from our patrons on the uh, our, our super secret uh, Facebook page. Um, we've got Martin Bell says his uh. British and Irish Lions hands in the ruck. It's a slight overreaction on the part of some to the Lions' loss. The tour has been hyped up with the references to the 99 call and the number of players who ended up in hospital after the second test in 2009. So it seems a bit odd to see so much pearl clutching going on on both sides about physicality, excessive or not. On the Lions' side, the post-loss recriminations have been way over the top. This was always likely to go to a decider and maybe winning last week made folk complacent. Do you agree with that, Craig?
1: Very much so. I think everyone's looked at the Lions team and looked at all the names and looked at everyone that's on it and gone, we're going to absolutely storm this. Uh, South Africa have uh, have not played a game in, in these many months, and um, and we're going to show that we're going to win this 2-0. Um, yeah. And then and, and the Lions opened the door for South Africa to absolutely spank them this weekend, and they did it.
0: Um, Gordon McCracken says people who think kick chase involves the two catchers and nobody else at several points in that game. It was clear that non-back three players weren't protecting or supporting their chases properly. Like when duhan tapped the ball back and nobody was standing behind waiting to receive it. The Lions back three dropped some easy ones, but fixing things is not just a matter of putting someone in who's a bit better at catching. Johnny, you kind of covered that already, but I think that's a, a fair point.
2: Yeah, I think it's bang on
0: um the um i think we've we've covered the, them all i mean the, the one from pete foster which i think kind of captures a little bit of a mood and worth probably picking up on is uh his hands in the ruck was the lions the whole bloody concept it's time to call it a day no more tours after this one let's face it the lions are a hangover from the amateur era that increasingly doesn't fit into the professional calendar. This year's truncated tour with very few warm-up matches didn't allow the team to gel and get used to playing together. I can't see any prospect of that changing given the squeeze on available dates from domestic competitions they need to prioritise player safety by not overplaying them. On top of all that, the increasing one-eyed nationalism of the fans not to mention pundits and journalism totally destroys the notion that it's four nations coming together and as one. I, For all the fallout and all the the kind of vitriol from the South African fans this weekend, there's been a, an equal amount from other, um, the other three nations, particularly towards Scot- Scottish players. It has to be said, it kind of, I said on, on Twitter today, it feels like for the last few years, we've been stood on the doorstep of a very exclusive club trying to get in and trying to get membership, and all of a sudden, we've been let in. And we find the toilets are blocked. There's poo up the walls, and the other three members are stripped to the waist, fighting in the corner. And we ask where our tie is, and they tell and and they tell us to f off. <laughs> that's kind of how it feels. It's not. It hasn't felt particularly welcoming as a Scotland fan this time round. From from journal, and that's you know that's the press as well. I think that you know the fallout from this is it's all the Scotland players' fault. There was an article in Wales Online tonight saying the players that will keep their place and the Scottish players in danger. And that's the headline. And it's, I know it's clickbait, Craig, but it, it kind of it kind We're of stabs at the heart a little bit.
1: We're in hiding to nothing. Um, uh, to have two of the coaches to be involved in the Scotland international squad um, to bring in these players, they're automatically looked upon as, oh, these players are just coming in because Townsend and uh, Tandy are, are, are wanting them in there. And, and then... If it um, if we win, then it's all the other players, and if we lose, it's all the Scotland players' fault. And I think you know some of some of the hands in the rucks have 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 hit the nail on the head with oh we must replace these players because the Scottish boys just even just for example I listened to I listened I think I think we talked about it before Ali Price is a liability. And we're gonna just give him a go for and at least in at least Conor Murray's there so after five minutes when it all goes wrong, um Conor Murray could come on and stabilize everything. That's not happened. Um the whole hoo-ha about um, Stuart Hogg, oh Stuart Hogg was biting, that's terrible. Look at this, look at this. Well actually he wasn't, and it's been found that, that has that's that 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 that's not happened. Well probably just, you know, there's not that much hoo-ha about oh look at Sinclair, look at all the videos of Sinclair biting. Biting somebody, and he's the one that's up on the, up on a up on a charge. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. We're not hiding to nothing, and it's that the all I can say is more power to the lines. I enjoy the lines. I think they're absolutely. I think it's a fabulous thing to be to 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 have if it's done correctly. And I don't think this tour has been done correctly. And what I would say is that we need to batter the door down with more and more and more players. And we need to be there on a regular basis. And that just gives me fuel to the fire. And we need to get better. And we need to have a bit more players within the lines for the next couple of couple of uh, tours.
0: Yeah, because that's essentially what they want, isn't it, Johnny? The, the people that kind of talk down the <coughs> Scottish fans, they want, they want us to give up and go away as, as kind of Scotland and the Scotland fans and just leave it to their exclusive, their little exclusive club that they've always had since 2000, you know, since the 2001 tour was probably the first when it kind of all went downhill for us, I think you was it. I said in the week in our group chat, I said the the only way we can save face here is if there's no Scottish players selected this week and they lose. But you, you was it you that said, "Oh, we we select Finn Russell and he's the only he does something <laughs> only Finn Russell can do."
2: Yeah, I think it was Rory that said it, uh, but I'm like I'm 100 percent in agreement with it because I think. The problem with the other the other three nations is that I don't think that they all understand what a big deal this is for us. Mm-hmm. Like this is pro- this is the first time since 1997 that we've had the representation that we've had, certainly in the tests. So this is this is kind of the first real proper engagement with the Lions for, for a whole generation really of Scottish rugby fans. And so it's it's a huge deal and people have to accept it as a huge deal. On the flip side of that, I don't want to, like, get myself in trouble, but I, I'm not prepared to completely let Scotland fans off the hook at the mm-hmm. same time, because there's a there's a really famous quote by Vince Lombardi, the uh, the NFL coach, that, that goes, uh, the first time you get into the end zone, act like you've been there before. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of Scotland fans on social media not acting like we've been there before. I don't... Like somebody's going to get the blame. There's going to be there's going to be poor performances, and we have to hold our hands up and say we've had some poor performances. Um, I think we probably are getting undue criticism, and I don't think people are are fully appreciative of how different this is for us. But at the same time, we have to kind of take it in our stride a little bit, and we have to act like we've been there before, even though we haven't. We need we need to kind of get on board a bit.
0: I think the flip side of that though is that the, the Scotland fans have come in for a lot of flack as though they're the only ones that are acting like this. I think there's a lot of Scotland fans are insufferable. There's been a lot of chat and that's been said to me a couple of times. But from my experience of pre the pre, certainly the past two tours is that Welsh, Irish and English fans are just as bad. So for all, we, we should act like we've been there before but I think we, we need to raise it a level above. I think we need to kind of Rise above it, almost, yeah. and let that leave them to the strip to the waist, fighting in the corner, and just say, act like we're the one, you know, act like we're the ones that have been there the whole time.
2: Yeah, I'd I'd like to see how they're going to react because I'm quite happy for for Hoggy and Doohan to get all the stick for this weekend because one to fifteen, apart from maybe Tag Furlong in the centres, nobody was good. I'm sorry, but. The Lions were outplayed, outmanned, outcoached, outmuscled completely this weekend. So if you want to pin it all on on Hoggy and Doohan, then absolutely go ahead. Drop them both. Do it. And then come Saturday when Tom Curry's still a bit toothless and Jack Conan's still completely invisible and Connor Murray's still three seconds too slow to every, every ruck and Bigger and Farrell's kicking is still a bit aimless, fine, well, you've got rid of all our boys, so you're going to have to come up with some better excuses.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Um, coming into the third test, then because we've got I don't I th- the South African team's name tomorrow as we record this. I don't know when the Lions team is going to be leaked. I mean, announced um, tomorrow as well. Is it tomorrow as well? Oh well, mm-hmm. let's have a bit of a. Let I've got to, by the time people get to the end of this podcast, the team will have been announced. But let's talk about who's going to get picked anyway. <laughs> um, the interesting thing I was looking at the last two tours. the number of changes that warren gatlin's made and i don't think he'll make many changes as much as people are calling for people's heads if you look at the new zealand so the australian one he made lots of changes and i think that backfired so the um between the first and second tests he made two changes in the backs and three changes in the forwards And then between the second and third, it was two changes in the backs and five changes in the forwards. But if you looked at the difference between the first and the third test, there was only actually one change in the backs and four in the forwards. And some of them were down to injuries and they won the first and the third test. I think they got complacent in Australia and he made too many changes for the second test in New Zealand in 2017 it's much tighter it's much smaller so there was only one change in the backs and two in the forwards between the first and second tests and then there was zero changes in the backs and zero changes in the forwards between that second and third test so I don't I know where they got beat but I think if you I think Warren Gatland and the other Lions coaches are gonna be sat there thinking what it wasn't individuals we got this wrong tactically we we will give this we'll give this 15 another go and we'll only make changes if we need to change the skill set on the field so i think hamish watson comes in somewhere because we need they need to be more competitive at the breakdown
2: yeah. tagburn might that, come in i think with all that in mind i think falato comes in for jack hurrin because like I was saying earlier, the Jack Conan didn't cope with a scrum that's going backwards. And there is nobody better, probably, in the world than Tulubi Falatow if your scrum's on, on skates. So I think he probably comes in because I think he made a difference when he came on on Saturday. I think he copes with a backwards scrum better than anybody else. And if that, they must realize that's going to happen again. So that's a tactical change I think they can make that will make a big difference.
0: Yeah. Craig, the other suggestion that, that this obviously they kept Finn Russell around. There was a video of him doing keepy ups and ju- whilst juggling on Instagram yesterday. Um, does he bigger was bigger? You know, he, he was all right in the first half. I mean, the question is, do you you know do they do they roll the dice, chuck everything at this, and say, go on, Finn, we'll stick you on for the start and have a go, or do they tire the box out? and try and play some consistent rugby and stick him on in the last 20? Um,
1: I think, you know, I think bigger... I've seen bigger play in a similar... uh, Let me... A very loosely similar mould to Finn Russell when he plays for Northampton. Um, I think, as we've all discussed already, this has been a failure of coaching... And a failure of, of of how how to take on the um, take on the South Africans. I think we've tried to. The, he's he's re you know we had the first game. We saw that we're going to get tired, so we've, we've reset to let's try and bully them, uh, or let's meet fire with fire. And it's not worked. Um, so I think I think you may find that Ali Price will start, but you'll get bigger. Um, but I am hoping and I've got my fingers crossed that you've got Finn on the bench and Finn comes on at 55 or 60 minutes and he gets a good crack at it. Um, I think, you know, Finn will... <clears throat> I saw a couple of things happen on the field. For example, Conor Murray kicked over to Henshaw when Henshaw's try he was just alive. Um, and then I saw Bigger trying a couple of, um, of Finn-esque kind of kicks over the top to, you know, unfortunately it was right into people's hands and there was no, you know, there was nobody there to, you know, there was nobody there to chase the ball down and and, and take the ball. But if you saw, we got a passage of play going forward when Farrell came on and he started throwing some flat passes. And, and he was taking the ball to the line and then putting the putting a pass into to a support player and that's when we started to gain some ground and we started to break the defense of the of the South Africans and I think that's what Finn will bring and if if they could release bigger to start you know to start doing stuff like that and 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 then bring well, either that or bring Finn on to start with and start throwing some flat passes I think with the center combination of Henshaw and and, and Harris I think you'll you will do more to the box than, than than we have done what what changes do you make then what change would would
0: well let's not say would you make craig what change do you think they'll make this weekend of any
1: um, i think duhan's done i don't think duhan's going to um going to get into a third test i think i think williams is going to come into the uh, onto the wing i think they keep hog at full Um because Hog, I, I, I don't care what anyone says. Hog, Hog may have had a a nondescript day, but he wasn't as bad as everyone thought he was. He was trying to cover. You know, you've got, you've got one winger. Um, uh, in Cheslin Colby you've got one uh, winger, in and Mapimpi, and then you've got, uh, and he's trying to straddle the two. Um, one point that was, uh, I think it was Will Greenwood um, was picking him out, saying he shouldn't have been there, he should have been here. Well, no, it was a, it was a, um, it was a penalty. It, it, you know, it was it was free ball from a penalty, so he, he was trying to cover both the wing and, uh, and and a kick. So. He was damned if he did, if he did, damned if he didn't. So I I I don't actually see a I don't see him being dropped. I think he'll be. I think he'll retain his place. But I think you will see Williams coming on the line.
0: For for you then, Johnny, do you think? What's your kind of prediction?
2: Yeah, the same. I think Hoggy stays. I think uh, Williams and Adams both come in if if they're able. Have you that
1: I, Watson was gash.
2: He was he. I don't understand why no one's talking about the fact that he was terrible. He he was as bad under the highball as Hoggy and Duhan were, without offering any of the other things that either of them did.
0: He ran away from a ruck at one point.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think he. I think he. He's the one who's most in trouble, and I don't understand why it, that's not been repeatedly brought up. So I'm going to start doing it. Um, and I think Williams and Adams probably both come in. I w- like. I wouldn't be surprised to see Duhan stay, just because of of he's got. Stature to offer that nobody else in the back three does, but I wouldn't be disappointed with Williams and Adams, and and I think Hoggy probably stays.
0: I don't. I think Duhan will survive. I think he did. He did enough at the weekend, and I think I think Adams Adams will come in for Watson, and Williams will come on the bench because he can cover back three. I think the interesting there was a point in the game where the it was the second half. And the scrum was turning and it turned twice and on both times. If Murray had whipped, it was, I think it was Duhan versus Colby on the wing. And a quick pass from the base of the scrum and Duhan would have been in for a try because it was one on one up the blind side. And I think was Ali, from there.
2: Ali Price definitely comes in for Conor Murray, I think. Yeah. Because the yeah, difference in the ruck speed was palpable on Saturday. Connor Murray was so slow.
1: And and Ali Bryce, place... he... Sorry, Ali Price Ali... can not do anything with 15 minutes? He needs
2: longer than 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And the, I can see the... more mobile back rows coming in as well for the same reason, to speed it up. Yeah.
0: The front row, I think, I don't. I, I think Marco probably comes out. I think you're probably looking at a replacement there because...
2: I think if Wyn Jones isn't fit, that we might be in trouble. Mm. I think Mako and Suz have both struggled two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, Suzz has struggled really badly. Um Mako struggled as well on Saturday. I think we, we need Wynne Jones, at least for some of the game.
1: Yeah, I think I think Sus, unfortunately, um is I'm gonna go back to my old um, my old um, adage of overplaying. I think Suz is starting to try and make up for some of his deficiencies or some of the people that you know he's going up against some some major tight head props and uh, and he's and he's not doing too as well as I thought he would, um, so I think he uh, he's overplaying and then he's he's getting penalties against him. You know he, he had a couple of needless penalties on the weekend that, that he could have um, if he'd engaged rain he probably would have um, uh, he probably wouldn't have given. Um, if if Wyn Jones is if when Jones is is fit, when Jones is in, um, and then it's a choice between Suss or Marco and I think it's going to be Marco Vinopola. Um, and then on the other side, I would love to see Xander get a shot at I was going to say, uh,
0: do you unleash Xan into the pressure posh?
1: You may not have a choice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, well,
1: true. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, because I might not be playing again.
0: Can you imagine... Zander,
1: oh, I can imagine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we we have to be in the pub early on Saturday to make sure we get a table. So I'm going to be extremely excited by the time Xander comes on a Saturday afternoon. I, <laughs> I kind
1: I, I actually, I actually, you know, I think you'll probably find Berm, uh, Watson, and and Faletow on the back row. But do they... do the. Um, do they want to mix it up? Do they want the 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 the, the sort of the solid performance of Conan um, instead of Faletow, um if they're going to change Watson for Curry? But you, know, you just don't know, do you? That that from what I'm from what what we're talking about tonight. Um, we've probably introduced quite a lot of changes, and, and that totally goes against goes against everything that, that that we've that you've, that you've brought up, Cammy. So, uh, uh, you know, we'll,
0: d- the interesting, I didn't have time to look at the benches. If I'm honest, I didn't. I I, I looked at the the start and 15s. I didn't have time to look at the benches. Today. I was didn't have time to look at the benches today. So, it might be that that's where the changes come. That the changes come on the bench. You get a couple of change. I think there definitely will have to be a couple of changes because you can't stick that fifteen out again and just ask them to do something different. There will be changes, but I also don't think that you can go into the third test and just completely change the spine and backbone of your team like that and expect them to go out and win a test match against the Springboks. That's why. That's why I don't. I think, particularly with the back three, that's why I think Hogg and Van der Merwe will will stay. Because it's that they they've played together before for Scotland, they they were poor in a poor team at the weekend, but you can't change two out of the three and go into a winner takes all match like that.
1: No, I, yeah. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. yeah, I think I I honestly think it'll be the forward pack. It'll be the more stable. Um, I think Toonio, you know, because because it, it is obvious that it's it's the backs that are that that they're having to they're going to have to change the plan on because you know they're going to have to start throwing the ball around and move the ball out to the wings that's just, that's they've negated Duhan van der Merwe completely because they're not getting the ball to him yeah you know that's his, that's his plus point is, is is gaining 20 meters um out of nothing um and and running over the top of Cheslin Colby and people like that you know he's he's we we've all agreed that he's not the uh what's the word he's not the he's not a chris harris off defense but he, he he defends well but he's he, he his his game is going forward and i think that's the um i think so you may see that, that if they're going to do something they're going to change the backs more than they are the other form shocked yeah.
2: that craig thinks the backs are the problem <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I'm not going to say a word about it. It, you wasn't the, it wasn't the backs. It wasn't the backs that were going absolutely 100 miles an hour backwards in the mall, Craig.
1: <laughs> absolutely not. It was, it was the backs' fault that we were going backwards in the mall. That's the problem. And you know, and Johnny McGinty's sitting there saying, "Oh, that you know, such and such can't catch a ball." It's ridiculous. No comment, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I think on
0: on that point. We'll leave it there for – I was going to say we'll leave it there for this week, but we're not. We're back later in the week. Probably – it's either going to be Wednesday or Thursday. Obviously, the teams are announced on uh, uh, tomorrow. Then we'll probably be back Wednesday night, Thursday night. Um, we've got John Anderson joining us, maybe uh, uh, you two guys as well. So we'll keep an eye out for for when we're doing that. Um, we uh, After that, we're just going to keep doing these now because Super, Super 6 is going to see us right through till, um the, the the ultimate rugby championship starts in October, so there's no no let up with these podcasts. You're stuck with us, and you're very welcome smell to. Tons of South
2: Africans
1: there,
0: eh? lucky listeners. Uh, <laughs> yeah, John, that's a good point actually. Johnny's just made is that you know if if you think kind of oh well you know the, at least we only have to deal with South Africans when they come and visit us in the autumn or the rare times we go there in the summer or on Lions tours every twelve years. We now have them for the Ultimate Rugby Championship, and as we'll discuss later in the week, possibly the Six Nations, Seven Nations as well. So, Bravo. by that Tremendous. point, hopefully, I'll have blocked every single troll in South Africa online, so we'll have to deal with any of their rubbish. Um, so, anyway, we'll speak to you all later in the week, and for the moment, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Craig and Johnny.
1: Bye.